Spags, it's Thursday. We are running out of weeks to play low ball DFS. Could this be one of the final ones? It's hard to play low ball in the playoffs where everybody's actually trying and being good, but we'll do it one more time for week 18. We're also going to catch up on the Antonio Brown drama, leak text messages, and maybe even do a little role play therein. A visit from Nana Pete's also forthcoming and maybe even a playoff best ball draft. Lots going on here. So Pete hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend of mine, Peter Roberset. How are you doing on this fine Thursday, Pete? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I feel like I'm in this weird uh, limbo where I still kind of have a semblance of my, you know, regular season routine. But now things are, you know, it's starting to change. We're starting to to power down. I've shifted my mindset to uh, cash games and I'm just in a different headspace on this Thursday than I normally am, Spags. Well, that does mean we're competing in low ball this week, but I honestly, you explained it over text and I didn't really follow and knew you'd have to explain it for the show, but let's get the chat ready and frothed up. So tell us what we're doing for low ball because you can't play bad plays this week as a cash game king. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing. I'm, I'm laser focused on cash games this week. Uh, I mean, even just hearing the word GPP makes me want to throw up, even just thinking about trying to play the worst possible play in a lineup. I, I literally can't get there mentally, spiritually, physically to do it. And so what I thought is the chat would compete against you in a low ball uh, contest and I would kind of be their proxy. So I'd corral them. They're tossing out their picks. I'm kind of reading the room and there's no conflict of interest. It's not like I'm sniping their pick or whatever. So I was thinking chat versus spags with me as kind of the intermediary. Okay. I think that's a fair way to look at it. We do have our mortgage king in chat. He doesn't know. I've been crushing low ball the last few weeks, taking advantage of uh, COVID ruling guys out left and right. Pete catching 20 burgers because he can't even get guys on the field for low ball. But I think it's good you're taking the week off, Pete. You don't want to come for the smoke. No, I mean, partly it's it's not that um, that I don't want to play. It's just even last week, it was clear that my mind was kind of already looking ahead to week 18 cash game week. And I just wasn't in the right place. In fact, you probably took advantage of me even suggesting we do low ball a week out from cash game week. That's right. That's what I'm known for taking advantage of my podcast host here live on the air time and time again. And unfortunately for Dylan, he asked, I know Pete doesn't play any GPPs. This is before we got on the show, but if he did, would he be fading Taylor for Kamara asking for a GPP friend? Pete, can you even hear that go into your ear canals right now without wanting to vomit all over the screen? No, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been in and out of my cash game shell. Uh, I am not considering uh, Kamara this week. I think it feels like a three running back week, uh, and you might be able to get up to Taylor as one of those, but I'm not entertaining Kamara for my cash game shell, and I'm sorry, Dylan, that's the extent of the analysis I can give you right now. Taylor, a true cash game king, somehow not the chalkiest play according to Osmo's ownership projections, but we'll talk more about that today and tomorrow, but make sure you are hitting the like button, whether you're watching on Peach channel or the Splash Play channel, make sure you're subscribed to both as well. At some point, maybe we'll just go back to the Splash Play channel just to try to build a parallel business for Pete's little um, kingdom that you're building. I guess that would be the phrasing you use for your discord. So I shouldn't seal that one, but either way, go follow all the channels and subscribe to them because uh, we appreciate it a bunch. And also make sure you're going over to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. 
subscribe. 99 cents a week are the packages on there. Um, so it's a great deal to get in DVOA, which is one of the preeminent statistical uh, models out there to grade teams based upon league averages. It's a lot of great stuff to get into, pace stats, time, possession, all those things that are going to be important for you to know and, and honestly give you little slivers of an edge down the home stretch of playoff football. So go over now to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. 99 cents a week on there. And Pete, I think let's do the week 18 news up top because there are some interesting ones and I'll breeze through these items that are maybe less important, but Joe Mixon out for COVID. Joe Burrow's not playing for the Bengals. It looks like it'll be Brandon Allen starting against Case Keenum for the Battle of Ohio. The more interesting news, Pete, before the show, uh, if you want to pull it up while, we, while we're talking here, uh, Baker Mayfield's Twitter, he's firing some shots after a Mary Kay Cabot from the Cleveland Plain Dealer reported that if Baker Mayfield, quote-unquote, doesn't get assurances that things will change next season, the quarterback will consider asking to be traded. And he fired some ether on Twitter, Pete, right before our show that I think is worth just us ruminating yeah. on a little bit here. I'm, I missed this. Let me, uh, I'm pulling this up right now here. Um, he said, I'll zoom in here so we don't have to squint. Uh, clickbait, you and many other Cleveland local media continue to be drama stirring reporters with no sources or facts. Don't put words in my mouth so you can put food on your table. I'm not your puppet. Um, and Mary Kay Cabot, as far as I understand, has a fairly, you know, she's a well-respected, you know, reporter. She's been on the Browns beat, uh, for a while here. So interesting that Baker would feel the need to come down, uh, so strongly on her. I mean, it seems like he's defending himself. It does feel maybe a little bit like uh, him getting run out of town, maybe by somebody who's got an ax to grind. And it was weird, too, because one of the Browns coaches also came out, the offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, talked to the media, too, and said, like, yeah, they they talk every Tuesday. They're fine. So I don't know if it's like the Browns have had all these weird, you know, kind of Game of Thrones style political machinations going on behind the scenes where it wouldn't shock me if somebody's leaking things to her in an effort to get Baker out of town because that's what they think the move is. But I don't know what to take. I, I feel like if I'm a Cleveland fan, at least it gives you something exciting to go into the offseason, even if they might lose their QB that they, that they thought was going to be everything for them. Yeah, I feel like every offseason we are now due for one of these, you know, quarterback organizational beefs. You know, we we had the Rodgers one that carried us through uh, all last offseason. Uh, and in Baker will keep us entertained this year. The thing was, is the Rodgers one was far more interesting because Rodgers is still, you know, a top five quarterback in the league where I think you can argue that Baker Mayfield might be more on the uh, headed toward backup quarterback territory, at least with the trajectory of his career. It definitely is some downswings here that in the articles that were out there too, he is apparently blaming the lack of play action, lack of bootleg passes for him this year. Um, all of his passes were coming off. It's pretty bootleg to me. is what I would say <laughs> in response, Pete, I know you love a little wordplay humor to lead off the show to get us nice and loose. I mean, the, the things, I mean, if people only knew the kind of pre-show <laughs> warmups we do to get us nice and limber for these takes. All the vocal training we do. Uh, Willis also saying Mary Kay is not respected. And Iceman LB saying, breaking more important news perhaps, did Spag see how bad Splash Play did in the top DFS podcast award? Is that a thing? Am I, is, he, is he just being mean? I know Iceman's one of our regulars, so I feel like he wouldn't be being mean. There are so awards that we lost. I was uh, so Brian yesterday put together polls for Lowell's uh, podcast of the year, and it actually wasn't a fair uh, thing because Brian added it in after the initial voting wave had gone out. Wow. So I don't think uh, Iceman, that's why I wasn't going to dignify that uh, with a response because I think it would have been uh, would have been way up there at the top. Otherwise, and Willis, uh, I'm not going to acknowledge your comment. You know, we support women around here. And if you want to, you know, try to belittle women in a, in a very male uh, dominated industry, then, um, that's your prerogative, but I'm not going to indulge that. 
And I wouldn't expect us to win a top DFS podcast award because we're so much more than that now. We're a character-based, personality-driven, influencer culture, really mockumentary of a podcast, I think is what we are now, Pete. So that way we can win that category and not worry about these more competitive ones. Yeah, and I did see, uh, and Alex just tweeted about it, he did win uh, Sexiest Man of the Year, uh, Odd Lulz. So he was in, uh, it was a tight race. Uh, I can't even remember who the uh, other nominees were there for Sexiest Man of the Year, but uh, pretty clear we chose the right guy. Yeah, obviously they had no chance anyway, so why even dignify <laughs> the response just like you were going to do? Other news for Week 18, Derrick Henry back at practice. I saw that in the Fantasy Life newsletter that Pete does today, talking about that a little bit. He's designated to return before the Titans are vying for the number one seed this weekend in a game that should be winnable at Houston, Pete. But uh, Derrick Henry, I feel like you've probably read a little more about this. I presume he's not going to be actually back this week, uh, but it does seem like he could be back if they wanted to really rush him back in. Yeah, I... I- I don't get the vibe that they're going to do what it sounds like the Rams might do with Cam Akers, which is actually give him a little burn. I think they are going to um, keep him prepared for or save him for the playoffs. I mean, they still do have, um, they're at risk of losing the number one seed. You know, if they were to lose and the Chiefs were to win. So that is, you know, uh, a consideration, but my guess is they're going to play the long game with Derrick Henry and uh, try to get the buy without him. And then that'll give him an extra week, even on top of that, which would be pretty huge for them. And then you got to assume they're pretty much full health there in the uh, divisional round weekend. And certainly going to be worth some of those playoff best ball draft spots that I'm sure he's soared up in ADP since this news came out. So uh, keep that in mind. I think you could probably justify that buy-in, um, assuming that they don't get eliminated in the first round like we talked about last show. Another key running back coming back uh, very late in the season, Cam Akers, sets return versus the Niners. Sean McVay said he'll play in some form or shape, I believe was the exact quote, Pete. Uh, but at this spot, I mean, Cam Akers coming back from an Achilles tear this soon seems uh, like a tough one that doesn't happen very often. I feel like this is usually a full season injury, but here he is back. What do you expect this spot with the Rams? Yeah, I was reading the McVay quotes and he was being a little cagey about it. You know, he was saying, Hey, he looks good out there. Um, you know, we're going to definitely get him some run. How much is that? You know, 10 snaps, 15 snaps. He was kind of shrugging. I, I think it's a little tough because if Darrell Henderson didn't get hurt, I don't think they would be forcing the issue quite as much here, but because they don't really have any other backs on the roster other than Michelle that they trust, I think they're pretty excited to get him back. Um, But yeah, my guess is it's going to be extremely limited. I I would guess maybe a couple touches, just knock some of the rust off and get him ready for for next week. It doesn't seem too ideal to to rush him back to even a 50-50 split with Michelle here. And Sonny Michelle's been running so well. I think he's the top yardage guy in December so far. And that's, you know, certainly playing enough games and getting there with the uh, pretty much a workhorse uh, load for himself for the Rams so far. But I think that's a spot where I would agree with you. I don't think Cam Akers, not a GPP play, not somebody I'd really consider much of, but good to see him get back from an injury. Guy that won't be back this week, Deontay Johnson added to the COVID list today. So going to be tough for him to test out before Pittsburgh plays for their 5% chance of making the playoffs at Baltimore. Ben's last game, Pete, no, uh, no Deontay Johnson feels like this could finally be a good Chase Claypool game after he's obviously he's been an utter disappointment to me every single game this year. Um, the thing is with this stuff, it's like, I don't even know. Yes. He'll probably get a couple more targets, but I mean, you, you saw how, uh, big Ben was locking into Ray Ray McLeod mm-hmm. last week. And I almost just wonder just because chase runs such different routes than Deontay Johnson. I don't even know if, if that much is going to uh to change for him but yeah i mean big ben his not having his you know favorite security blanket binky uh you know five yards down the line of scrimmage every play that's uh he's got to be tilting here heading into his last game 
Yeah, maybe it does mean a material uptick in the role for Ray Ray McLeod, who has been taking some of those juju slash uh, short little routes that have been a, a staple in Ben's roster, unfortunately, for himself as he's limping towards the finish line of what seems like it'll be retirement. And Will is pointing out, too, that Sony Michelle's only the top guy in December because Jonathan Taylor did miss one game due to a bye. So that is our account keeping us honest, Pete, that I did, in fact, perhaps pump up Sony Michelle too much at the a slap in the face, really, to presumptive number one pick next year, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and that does remind me that, you know, it, it is getting to be the point where we need to start doing, um, you know, some accounting on some of these uh, season-long bets. Uh, mm. Is uh, How many yards does Mike Davis have to rush for uh, this week, uh, Spags? Uh, what are the RB ranking? I mean, did, it was one of Melvin Gordon and Mike Davis. I would think at this point, Melvin Gordon's got the closer chance to make the top 12 and oh no okay he's number 20 right now uh, looking at <laughs> fantasy pros list their rankings came out this week and pete another thing we didn't make we didn't make the most accurate rankers for the year either unfortunately really i that's so funny because i had been submitting our ride our die picks every single week uh have i ever told you spags one of my uh most random uh accounts that have me blocked on twitter is the official fantasy pros account what did you do it was back with like the Bobby Sly stuff, you wow. know, his, and I was just making all kinds of jokes on Twitter and I don't, it, it, Bobby Sly, I think got really mad and he must've gone and told someone in the account or he had access to that account and then blocked me because I was making lots of jokes. So yeah, whenever I see a quote reach, I'm like, who has me blocked? And then I click it. It's the fantasy pros account. Fantasy pros. You know what? Let's start a blood feud with them. Why not? Because I don't want to be in the rankings anyway. People game that one, get up top. Jeff Ratcliffe is pretty sharp. So I don't want to shit on him getting number one ranking, but I know historically that's been a thing I've seen people nitpick about on Twitter. And if you have a system that could be gamed and it's so important to people like, I don't care, man. Like people are going to be right more than not. I think, you know, 55% hit rate. You're going to be the same as the field. Anyway, I just feel like there's such a dick measuring thing that just frustrates me to see. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. I'll, I'll save it for behind closed doors. Fair enough. I will. I'll go on the battlefield then. <laughs> no, that's fine. I don't, I'm not blocked by him. Don't block me, fantasy pros. I love you. Uh, Justin Fields also added to the COVID list. Uh, Pete, I feel like this was a spot where it seemed like could have been his breakout game going head to head with Kirk Cousins on the way out, planning a flag for next year. And Justin Fields, just a cursed rookie season of which I guess there really aren't many besides Zach Wilson, who's also got his own version of a, a cursed rookie season and Trevor Lawrence. A lot of actually a lot of cursed rookie seasons to go around. Yeah, uh, like I think we said it last or last show too. I mean, the offseason for these rookie quarterbacks and kind of how we think about them is going to be very interesting. My overall macro take is I think people are so quick to write off and bury these quarterbacks, um, you know, unnecessarily. Uh, it's the toughest position, uh, the kind of, you know, mental processing that goes on, not to mention the offensive line dynamics, not to mention having weapons. Um, it goes a long way. Like, I, I really think if, if you take Jamar Chase um, off the Bengals this year, I mean, does Burrow, you know, finish as strong as he does if have as big of a year? So um, I'm not willing to write off these guys like Fields and Lance, um, even Lawrence. So uh, I want to see these guys get more comfortable, get more weapons, all of this stuff. Even even um, Mac Jones, like if the Pats could draft, finally draft an alpha wide receiver and not just be picking guys up off the free agency uh, trash heap, I think he could take a, a real big leap as a passer. So yes, I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic. I guess Trevor Lawrence would be the one I think you could be most concerned about just mm -hmm. because even when you untangle some of those other variables, he just like was not very good. Um, but again, it's the fucking Jaguars. And I can't imagine what that environment was like to try to be a successful quarterback right out of the gate.
Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Like all these guys had various dings where Matt Nagy's offense, I think clearly not playing to Justin Field's strength. Um, you could say Mac Jones doesn't have that. Like you were talking about, doesn't have that alpha receiver guy who he can throw the ball. He's going to get a ton of yards after the catch for him like he did at, at Bama where, you know, he made really these guys like Jalen Waddell and also Devonta Smith be high draft picks. I think all these guys, besides maybe Trey Lance, he's the one you can point to where it's like, oh, he's actually in a system where Jimmy Garoppolo's been looking pretty good all year, but making the jump from where he was in college to to playing for the Niners, like, there's enough ways to write all these guys. And Trevor Lawrence, I mean, just being a part of that Urban Meyer vortex, enough reasons to give these guys cover. And I'm with you on that. I think giving them a little bit of a, a break here would be nice. So I wanted one good Justin Fields game to go out on, and I feel like that's a bit of a downer. Pete, time to talk Antonio Brown. I thought we had a really nice, earnest debate about him the other day, but now we have some more details released uh, right before the show. We did have some Bruce Arians press conference quotes as well. But Antonio Brown ramped up his claims that were initially leaked by Ian Rappaport that we talked about on Monday, left Sunday's show, according to him, due to an ankle injury they gave him some Toradol or whatever um he didn't name the painkiller but said it was an unhealthy one that they gave him to get him going and he had some quotes in a statement saying he took a seat on the sidelines and coach came up to him very upset and shouted what's wrong with you what's wrong with you i told him it's my ankle but he knew that it was well documented we had discussed it brown said he then ordered me to get on the field i said coach i can't he didn't call for medical attention instead he shouted at me you're done while he ran his finger across his throat uh coaches tell me that if i didn't play hurt that i was done with the bucks I know we were losing to the Jets, and that was frustrating for all of us, but I cannot make football plays on that ankle. Yes, I walked off the field, but there's a major difference between launching from the line and taking hits. Um, one, I think, is best point here. Compared to jogging off the field, the rush of emotions going through your mind, I'm reflecting on the reaction that there was a trigger. The trigger was telling me, uh, someone telling me that I'm not allowed to feel pain. Um, I think we should read the text messages, Pete, but you hear that statement from Antonio Brown and I think, it, you know, if you take it out its face, like it does sound like a sympathetic tale, not unlike what we saw in our offseason research with ESPN's playmakers. Yeah, it, this is one of those things where you do want to hear both sides of the story, but uh, how reliable of a narrator is Antonio Brown at this point? So, I mean, also too, like, and again, this conversation is so hard to have when you, with the mental health aspect to it, uh, you know, putting aside that someone with mental health issues can still act like a dick, which I think is, is very much true. I mean, he, did he look like he was super injured and hobbled when he was ripping off his pads and jogging and doing peace? Like it didn't look like someone who was really concerned about how injured they were. Right. Like I feel like just how I would act if I just, you know, pulled my hammy or twisted my ankle and was exiting the stadium. I don't think I would look as spry as, uh, as Antonio Brown did leaving. So I don't know. Uh, it, who, who knows to me, like if he was trying to come up with a plausible story, this would probably be the angle I would take. Am I buying it? No. Um, but I'm, I'm glad he told his side. And Bruce Arians replied in the press conference today saying that Antonio Brown had uh, complained about targets in the locker room. Some of his teammates had to shout him down about that. And then apparently when he had asked Antonio Brown to come in, Antonio Brown said, I'm not playing if I'm not getting targets. And that was the trigger for it that came out right before the show. But Pete, I think we should try to read these uh, leaked text messages from Antonio Brown. And this is all on me. If this bit is, doesn't go well, well, it's fine. I, I take the full heat for it. But I do think Antonio Brown's screenshotted text messages from Bruce Arians deserve a reading. And I'm going to offer it up to you, Pete. I think it would be good if Nana, if Nana Pete read as Bruce Arians, but however you want to do this, I'm willing to do. Okay. Yes. Let me, let me go see if Nana, Nana Pete is available. And this is the, this is the text one you sent me, right? Yes. Yeah. The screenshots that he posted on Twitter. All right. Uh, let me, let me go see if Nana Pete is around. 
Okay, so he's gonna, Pete's going to go check for Nana. Pete, of course, she has her own busy schedule, does her own podcast um, that ironically finished better than ours on the top DFS podcast list that uh, Brick put together seemingly so thoroughly uh, <laughs> yesterday's lulls. Uh, but Nana Pete, a cherished character out there, and I guess uh, Nana Pete, man, who knows where Nana Pete is hiding in this house? Could she be behind the poster on the wall, perhaps? Could she be? Oh, no, here she Oh, and she's even got bodily movement that goes not to be confused bowel movements but nana pete welcome to the show great to have you back and i hope your back's doing okay all slouched over today oh yes you know when you get to be my age you can't take a single thing for granted spaggies no that's Thank true you. do you do you do anything to limber yourself up before the show because you bring such energy and i feel like that's got to be hard with a compressed spine I do, do. I've been watching some of these naked yoga videos and I play along at home. It's it's good. It's good for me to have a hobby, you know, as such. I hear that uh, Brick75 old Brian Hooper rated those naked yoga videos a top DFS podcast of 2021. <laughs> Oh, it's funny you say that because I actually launched my own YouTube channel doing naked yoga and couldn't help but notice one Brian Hooper lighting up the comments section, asking me for more downward dogs, <laughs> that horny little boy. And then with you and your advanced age and how skin elasticity goes, some positions you might just end up doing the old titty to the face yoga position that is that yeah, talked please, about for years. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people say naked yoga content is a young woman's game, and I'm here to prove them wrong, Spags. One 45-minute tantric session at a time. So tantric yoga. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give us more details on how that works, Nanapi? Well, as I've always said, if you're not busting a nut at the end of your yoga session, why even bother? That's, that's true. Some could say, some have said that, I'm sure, over the years. But we got you here for a reason, Nana Pete, And that is to uh, bring the character to life of another famous boomer, Bruce Arians, texting Antonio Brown. Have you, have you followed the saga at all, Nana Pete, of Bruce Arians, just trying to get the most out of a, a supple young man's <laughs> chocolatey buttocks? You know, it's funny you say this. It wasn't really on my radar, but I couldn't help but notice the clips online of Antonio Brown ripping off his shirt. And all I can say is I wish he would have taken off his pants instead. And I could have taken a nice good look at that little tushy of his. It is a nice little tissue. Great route running tissue, Nana Pete. But if you can bring the character Bruce Arian to life, or Bruce Arian's life, please do that as we read these text messages between, allegedly, between Bruce Arians and Antonio Brown. Okay, one sec. Let me get into character. Let me do my vocal exercises. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Okay, I think I'm good to go. That was it's inspiring to see a character get into character like that. <laughs> Thank you. And the scene uh, we begin the scene commences now. Okay, so Thursday, December 30th, Bruce Arian sent this text allegedly to Antonio Brown at 5:14 p.m. This is BA. Make sure you're ready to go tomorrow, young man. We are not resting for the playoffs. We are not capitalized on that one. Friday, 12.29 p.m., Bruce Arians would follow up with this text message. 
call me. Friday, 2.14 p.m., Antonio Brown would reply with a photo of a man in a tropical shirt with palm trees on it, uh, massaging undisclosed black man's ankles and feet in a way that seems healing or regenerative, perhaps. Seems like the way to explain it. I'm all in, coach. Really can't get to full uh, speed. I want to win. Want to be there if I wake up tomorrow. Feel better. I'll be ready. Kind of rolled it outside on two-point play. I want what's best for team. Let me know when you free. I'll call you. Come see me. I'm the morning. <laughs> we'll talk it out. Definitely want you with us in case you're ready. And then heart emoji is me as Antonio Brown. Nana Pete, when you read those texts, does that sound like a cruel coach forcing his player into work as this uh, is apparently trying to portray? You know, I am. I run a tough ship, uh, you know, around these parts and I get upset at my players when they drop their balls or Tommy doesn't eat his avocado ice cream for dessert. And so, yes, it's tough love, but that's how we win. That's how we win championships, my good man. Do you have anything you would give as advice to Antonio Brown before we let you go back to whatever, uh, I guess, hyperbaric chamber that Pete keeps you stored away and to keep you fresh? Any, any advice for him on how to get through this tough situation as a woman with a lifetime of expertise? No, I do have a little bit of advice, and I actually just did a 30-minute naked yoga ankle calisthenics video that I think would benefit him. We do lots of ankle exercises, and I know that there's modern medicine and advanced treatments, but I prefer a more holistic approach, which involves your clothes in the hamper and your ankle in the open air your ankle behind your head perhaps nanope <laughs> i mean god bless those who are able to do that i mean mine i'll show you what i can do i'm not proud of it <laughs> oh it's nanope wow oh check out subscribe to nanope's naked yoga channel for this kind of flexibility <laughs> it's honestly pretty impressive thank you i've been practicing uh you know, it's something I'm very proud of. And to keep up with all these young whippersnappers and their tight bodies and their nice and just locked in breasts that don't <laughs> sag down, it's, it's inspiring for me to work harder and perfect my craft. <laughs> the locked in breasts are really the ones that'll catch. Any final words, Nana Pete, before we let you go away? No, I just, uh, oh, d am, I, am I still in character as Bruce Arians? I forgot. <laughs> I think that one went by the way. Hang on. Finish that one. Hang on. And scene. Okay. I am no longer Bruce Arians. I'm just Nana Pete. I guess that was Bruce Arians that actually had the flexibility to put his ankle over his head. He does look like a flexible man. He's been pretty flexible with the boundaries with Antonio Brown, huh? <laughs> Please, that's an awful joke. And scene. Okay, now we're Nana Pete. There goes Nana Pete. She'll be back again before the playoffs, I'm sure, whenever we least expect her. What a you know, honestly, when I when we started this show, I thought we'd have a fun, silly DFS show with some bits. I didn't realize we were going to go full comedy bang bang improv. <laughs> it is funny if you guys could see like the evolution of this show. I mean, Spags and I way back when we first came up with Ride or Die, Spags wanted them to be far more actionable picks, and I pushed him toward the ten pointer meta 
Uh, and I feel like I've slowly just gotten my way uh, on the editorial direction of this show. You know, that's why, again, we can't we can't qualify for any awards because we don't fit in any archetypes. That's the defense I will use for our mediocrity time and time again. Uh, why does B.A. sound exactly like Nana Pete? Carlos Manzo asking in the chat, I think that's just, you know, an older woman getting into character. It's not like she's going to be a fantastic actress. It's her first time doing this on a live stream. Yeah, Carlos, I think if you would read some uh, old improv theory, maybe some of the writings of Del Close, one of the uh, the founders of the modern improv movement, you would learn that when we perform, we wear these characters as a thin veil over ourselves. And sometimes doing too much actually takes us out of the truth in the comedy, Carlos. <laughs> next, uh, next time on Splash, we'll talk about the Stanislavski method <laughs> as well that we bring to our character work on the show. And I got to read the super chat from Ivan Black saying, thank you for not blocking me for my jokes. I'm sure that would apply just as much from us to Ivan himself. But there's a, a super chat. That's a free super chat for you, Pete. That's not one. We missed no. a paid one the other day, I think, from Pecan, Pecan during the show. Which... The super chat must be on the Splash Play account because I don't see it in my StreamYard. Oh, it's definitely on yours. I'm on, I'm on your YouTube channel. Wow, is StreamYard? We can't get it. We don't have a thousand subs yet. But yeah, get Splash into a thousand subs so we can monetize it. Maybe when, <laughs> in case we ever do videos on there again. But please, please subscribe to the Splash Play account if you haven't, because one of these days, you know what, you know what we're gonna do, Spags? Maybe mm. we hold, we hold Nana Pete hostage on the Splash Play channel, and we do. You watch, you get the show on my channel, and then you have to <laughs> hop up. For split for Nana Pete after dark on the Splash Play channel. Honestly, what we should do if, if we did this like around April Fools, be rebranding that channel as a Nana Pete Naked Yoga channel and just having like the banner and like one video like featured up top. See, I knew I didn't see it. It's not. It's not a. It's not a super. Well, it chat. is technically yeah. a super chat. It's a. It's a resub like super chat they give you for free for being a member. <sighs> fine, fine. Just, look, I'm sorry. I mean, YouTube technical to the YouTube. As long as here. I'm getting that fucking sweet, sweet cash, I don't care how I'm getting it. <laughs> uh, I got to. I got to remember to save that clip. Where <laughs> the show? Uh, let's do Pete. We got to do low ball, and it is low ball against the chat. So if the chat got run off by Nana Pete, shame on them because we're not going to be able to participate in this week's low ball. We are going head to head against me with Pete as your your guide, leading you through the dark tunnels of low ball with a little candle. Yeah, and um, I will, if you see me kind of, you know, struggling, that's probably because I'm vomiting in my mouth just seeing some of the plays that you guys are considering uh, this week, but I will do my best to be a proxy for the chat. And if there's one thing that I can set aside my disdain for playing the worst plays, it is beating Spags at low ball. So <laughs> I will I will help the chat to my best of my ability here. I've quietly been on quite the low ball run. I guess I'll make it loud right now. I'm, I'm doing great building shitty lineups. And I think this week I'm ready for the challenge of the chat. Um, though, honestly, Pete, I will say I'm going to disclose it right now to both the chat and you. I have not built my projections for the week. And I don't think I will because there's too many moving parts. And I really don't want to put in that much effort. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you GPP bros, you know, you have to worry about all these different plays. If you just worried about <clears throat> the best plays, uh, you could be constantly adjusting your cash game shell in a very seamless way. So, uh, yeah, my heart goes out to you on this on this rough week, Specs. I do have to say for the cash game shell, I know you're probably going to have you. You haven't rolled it out on content yet, right? You just kind of hinted, throw some little tastes here and there to the people. I mean, Spags, if I, I mean, are people going to buy the cow if I give the milk away for free? I think uh, I just got to make a, well, I guess we can make this point tomorrow too, but I, I looked it up today. Cooper cup has like 135 yards to break the receiving record. Probably yeah. just 10 catches to get there. I feel like, how do you not project him for at least 25 fantasy points? Well, that's, that's the, um, all of the sports books set the line right at the, 
the record uh, at the so you're you're just basically making bets now on on do they do they get him there or not yeah so he will probably not be i would hope in the low ball lineups but let's build it out here and to give the chat some time you guys will be able to make your picks and pete will serve as the arbiter for your guys picks out there uh but pete give the people the low ball general rules one more time even though hopefully they know the game by now Yes. Um, so low ball, you guys are trying to build the worst possible lineup for week 18, uh, AKA the lowest amount of points possible while still using the majority of your salary cap, at least 49,500. Also, you cannot, um, well, you can play guys who aren't going to play or who don't log a snap, but that is going to be a 20 point penalty if you do. So they must see the field. They must play at least a snap to be eligible and you must use 49,500 of your cap. And there's probably more of an edge now than ever if you take the guys who are going to somehow only play one quarter like it's preseason. So I think that's uh, something worth keeping in mind for everybody out there who is going to play along with us. But uh, I will go to, well, who's starting for the Giants at QB? That seems like a good first question to ask. Is it from again? Um, you know, that's not in consideration for my cash game shell. So it hasn't been even something I've worried about yet, uh, Spags. Um, I'm going to assume he's lined up to serve as a starting QB one more time. I will take the number one overall pick off the board. The only time that I'll ever go with Jake Fromm's name will be here in low ball for me. Chat, you are up for two picks in a row. All right. Jake Fromm at 4,800 for Spags. The chat, Mm -hmm. uh, I have not seen any suggestions come through from the chat. Start firing them and then I will start to corral you. I see a Dalton, uh, at quarterback. Here's the thing, guys. I will just say a little game theory for you. Spags can't take any more quarterbacks. So there's no incentive for you to have to do your quarterback pick. Now, if you think there's a better pick at another position that Spags might take now is the time to do it. Yeah. People are saying now Dalvin cook. So there's a, we have the mortgage King also in the chat. Um, after he has been banished from low ball, we'll bring him back at some point, but he's temporarily <laughs> banished from low ball. Now he has to be part of the commoners once more. And, uh, they're saying hold off on QB. So they're, they're smart. They were already ahead of you. I think with your, your game theory, optimal play. Yeah. Uh, to me, there's just an absolute smash pick of all smash picks here, but I guess I'm, I'm just going to let the chat work through it here. Who do you um, think that would be, Pete? If you had a, if you were going to say there's a smash pick, who do you think that smash? After chat gives their pick, then you can give me. I mean, there's a guy who costs over nine k who's probably going to play one series. So, I mean, that would probably be a smash pick. Mm. It looks like historical anomalies might be onto it here. Oh yeah, sitting players early. That I mean, that was what I was speculating, and I thought the Packers were one of those teams. But Rogers practice this week, so that kind of threw me off. Uh, looking through right. the notes. I'm doing Dalvin cook because I saw about three to four Dalvin cooks here in the chat. Um, (laughs) So we're going to put that in for you guys. Who is your second pick here on the turn? I will block you uh, for this. Sir (laughs) Sheeby. I think sir. Sheeb's on the right pick there Uh, back in a great doge style coin, perhaps. And also LaVisca Chenault being a a low ball pick that we know is a staple in lineups. Taylor. I mean, I don't want to editorialize too much, but I feel like Jonathan Taylor would be an awful pick for the chat. I think Taylor's a great pick, Pete. I think that's one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the chat the optimal play. This is where we have multiple uh, Adams. I'm, I'm gonna give you guys Devonte Adams. He's gonna play like one and a half series. All right, then I will pair him with the other Aaron from Green Bay, Aaron Jones. Well, actually, he's questionable. He's, gonna, he's still gonna play though, right? He's yeah, he'll, he'll get, he'll get a series. I'll take Aaron Jones. Also, probably uh, a pretty good pick there. You, you, all you need is one snap. You just need one snap. And I will take then. Will I take a second running back to try to block them from someone? 
Um, you know, what? I'll take a running back. I'll, I'll pair him up with my Jake Fromm. I don't know why this guy's still 5K, but Devontae Booker is going to be my running back here at 5K. Okay. He's actually been playing kind of in a close timeshare with Saquon. Uh, he is, late, but they so. stink, Pete. I think we all can agree there. Um, all right, chat. Here's the thing. You guys have already burned through a ton of salary. You you guys can start to have like pretty dusty plays. Like you can be living mm-hmm. in the under 5,500 range. Maybe the GTO move is you guys decide on your defense now because that's going to be um, probably one of the one things that would um, raise your average remaining per player. But I'm just here to help. Uh, Alex Clark saying Booker got a ton of snaps. Alex, I would know that if I were building my projections this week, but I did not review snap counts. I'm flying blind for the Thursday show. And I think that was the right call here. I'm going to get a little volatility into low ball. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I don't think you guys need to do Terry McLaurin. Like I, I think, I don't, I think you've already, because you've chewed up so much salary with these two, I think you can be like six K and less. I mean, McLaurin is a staple of low ball. I don't, I think he's actually been like a low ball winner three to five times within this the, half year we've been doing it. The chat has a sickness because they just want to keep putting in good expensive plays, but you guys have already done that. We could start to do truly bad plays. Um, just let that bend to the will of the chat, Pete. Yes. Um, I kind of, here we go. Uh, Brian Schultz says, let's go Bengals DST. Um, all right. I'm going to put Bengals DST for you guys. They're on the road versus Cleveland. They're going to be sitting a ton of guys. And now you guys still have, after using a 3000 defense, you still can be 5,000 players or, or less. And if you go a little higher at quarterback, you're going to even come under that. So guys stop saying good players, fight some <laughs> shitty players for this lineup. Uh, I think the chat wants Cooper Cup. If I could read the, the room, I think the chat has been just so kind of caught up in Cash Game Week that they really are just trying to get in as many good plays as they can. Um, uh, all right, Kuhn so saying Kundadul saying Van Jefferson, it's Cup Week. That's that's logical too. Yeah. Um, it's to you though now, Spags. Two picks. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, I thought they were taking the second one. They get they get the they, turn. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. My bad. Um, I've seen an Evan Ingram. I see a Diami Brown. I've and Antonio, you you're gonna take 20 points. Lawless, you're not familiar with how this game works. <laughs> you didn't you you jumped in late. Um Willis says Allen Robinson. That's probably a good one. Mm-hmm. Um let's see here. Yeah, you the pro the, what I'm saying it's Mookie though. Little game theory. You guys can literally do your quarterback last. Spags is not gonna take one, whereas one of these wide receivers are bad plays, Spags is eligible to take. That's true. All right, so what's, what's the final choice here? You've got all right. You're right. Think we, Antonio we, Brown's a great pick too. You know what? When when there's so much kind of disagreement, I am going to default to uh to your lowball king Brian Schultz here. He wants he wants Conklin in here at tight end for the correlation so. off of one series. That's a, a savvy play by by Brian Schultz, the Island Mortgage King. Um, I will then go. I'll take Terry McLaurin here. I feel like okay. if. If the chat doesn't want to do it or can't do it, then I then I'll step up and take Terry McLaurin on his unfortunate downturn of a year. Spags with um, a classic GPP stack to start his low ball lineup here. <laughs> That's actually a good point. <laughs> uh, I will also take at tight end who's, you know, I got to think they're going to ramp this guy down a little bit, even though they are playing for the 1% chance of a playoff spot. But Mark Andrews is 7,500. I'm just going to take him at tight end. Yeah, just the hottest tight end in football, still playing with Tyler Hutley. What Didn't you take wrong? him last week? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, what do you I, I don't know what you're yelling at here, guys. Uh <laughs> I think he's, <laughs> like he's just flirting with you. 
<laughs> Stop yelling. Stop we want to do it. I see some Allen Robinsons. I see some Allen Robinsons. Uh, Lev Bell, uh, probably a pretty good one there. Um, Drico says Jeff Wilson. Mm. Uh, he with just made $100,000, so I'd, I'd trust him. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, I still... I still think you guys are trying to spend too much money, but whatever. I'll just, all right. I, there's been enough a Robs. We're going to do Allen Robinson to start because okay. there's been enough of those. Um, and then do you guys really, you really want to play big Ben in his last career game where he's probably going to throw the ball 55 times. <laughs> he's going to classically hand it off 40 times in this game <laughs> on the way out. See now these are the these are the good ones. Like you guys can do some of these plays. You can do the the Derek Gore stuff. Or he's not is he not where is he? I thought Derek Gore was on the slate. Is Derek, he on Saturday? Oh, the Chiefs play Saturday. They yeah. play Saturday. Yeah, sorry. If you have people out there who don't know that, there are two Saturday games because I, I forgot that too when doing the schedule. It's like, oh yeah, right, Saturday games. Um like I said, guys, literally we can do your quarterback loss. Literally, there's God. Um, Mike Davis, that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, look, hard to argue that one at this point. All right, I need a consensus chat on some of the names that have already been uh thrown out. Okay, I've now seen two Jeff Wilsons. I've seen two Jeff Wilsons. That's what we're going with here. Okay, Jeff Wilson. We do see Eli Mitchell back and getting a good workload, probably even healthier after one more week of of, of time to to acquiesce. Um Let's see. Uh, I will go then. So I get two in a row here. I have 4,800 left per player. I don't need to take a defense, so I won't. Um, yeah, I'll just take a guy here. I'm going to eat up some more salary and then just get some cheapies on the way out. I'm going to take Stefan Diggs on the way out just because I'm tired of his nonsense. Mike Leone had a pretty good Twitter thread about how he's actually not as much of a bust as it seems, but I, I hate him, and I just want to ride the downswing one more week. God, you're playing Stefan Diggs. Versus the Jets. God, Spags. Oh, this is so bad. Chat, make him pay. I got money make to go pay, around. Chat. I got Mark Andrews. I got Stephon. God, I, uh, God, I, I, guys, I know it's cash game week, but can I play this in the Billy Baker? Just one GVP team because this looks so nice. Uh, so you got some suggestions here for Saquon Barkley, Jamar Jefferson for the chat. We'll see. Which way the arbiter of the chat, Pete, wants to go? Dwayne Eskridge. Do, don't you? Don't coach. you have one more, or did you do two? I just did two. I did. Uh, wait, did I do two? No, you just did digs. Oh, I thought I thought I did. All right, never mind. I did digs, and then I will take. I got to go cheaper then. Um, who's a crappy guy who's not going to play a lot or does play a lot and stinks? I'll go. Um, I'll take Antoine Wesley here at forty one hundred just because I don't like him and I don't think he's good. <laughs> I don't like Antoine Wesley either, but <laughs> God, Cliff Kingsbury loves this dude. He, I don't know what he's doing out there. Like he is the ultimate running wind sprints guy in terms of this, guys getting like a sustainable amount of routes. Look at this trajectory: four point nine, ten point nine, nineteen. He's going to go for twenty five this week. I mean, he's due. <laughs> I'm building again a great tournament team here for everybody who wants to swap out Aaron Jones and Jake Fromm and do something better with this lineup. All right, I've seen two Eskridges. Um, let's go ahead and toss that in, and then uh, you guys can get a quarterback here and then figure out how much you need for the last slot here. Oh, Ice Man saying we have too much money to spend because they didn't get McLaurin. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Terry McLaurin's on the good guy's side now. No, you you actually don't. You have a you have like two what, fifty five hundred guys? I don't know. 
I think I think they're Sean, intimidated. They want I see a I see a Sean Mannion. So if you do that at quarterback shit, you do need to spend seventy five hundred <laughs> <That> flex. <laughs> Someone mentioned Cousins too, uh, but Cousins is has he already been ruled out? No, he's actually supposed to be playing. Okay. Um. All right, Brian. Brian is screaming for Hollywood Brown. So if we put Marquise Brown in your flex, that means you need to spend sixty six hundred or more at quarterback which would mean only two quarterbacks available. So you might need to rethink that. Yeah. I mean, they could take in Aaron Rodgers at QB and hope that he only plays that one series. Just to help them out, uh, it's Mookie mentions Chubb at 79. That would mean you could play whoever you wanted. Um, But actually that gets a little dicey too, because you need one of these guys sub 5,100 that's actually going to play a snap. They get Brandon Allen. I actually think this is probably the sharp move. Yeah, I agree. Um, not not so, to help the chat out, but I did take some of their guys. So I think that's... I think you play Aaron Rodgers. You've already made a bet that that they're not going to play a ton, which I think is a very good bet. And now you only need to spend forty seven hundred or more on flex. Okay, you yeah, could go. I, I feel like Cam Akers would probably be a very good bet. A guy we know might play a snap. Hmm. Um, any of these guys though that you think Abdullah, um, Gaskin. Let's see which way the chat's going. We got the the super slash member re-up chat, whatever Willis wanted to call it. Uh, Nick saying, hate that I'm late to this, but glad to watch the cash game grinder of the year at work. People just just enjoying you seeing you build a GPP lineup, Pete, even if it is a worst team possible GPP lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, just get these out of your system uh, now. Any any love for Acres in here, guys? Yeah, I, I think Acres rounds out this lineup incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And perfectly sneaks in um, at the salary cap. I I, I think I'm going to do this for that. Okay, we got some votes here for Acres. I think this is a very good low ball uh, lineup. I mean, you could get one series from the Packers. You get Cam Akers getting the ball twice, and you guys are absolutely cooking here. I mean, I hope that Aaron Rodgers realizes he has to play this game pretty hard in order to get to the MVP. So he should just go for 400 yards would be the move. Um, all right, Spags, you have two to uh, finish up here. I do. All right. So I will take, I'll take a defense first here, uh, which defense is going to give up some, as I call it production. Um, I'll take the Ravens defense at 3,200. Okay. It'll give me 4,100 at flex. So I could play any of these scrubs and hope that or, they sorry, don't do much. You said Ravens. I put in Bellage. <laughs> yes. Very similar plays. Um, there's somebody at running back named, S. Platzgummer on the Giants, and I oh, encourage yeah. you to look him up. He isn't he of like a, a oh my god, how is this guy a running back? If you how is he a fullback? I would have said place kicker or punter a million times out of a million. I don't want to be biased or anything, but I do think that would be a pretty fair way, yeah, to assess him. Terrible name, too. Oh, Sandro. Oh, he might be oh. Italian. He might be welcome to the family. Oh my god, Sandro Platzgummer, welcome. <laughs> Mamma mia. Look at this guy. How how is this an NFL running back? I mean, no offense. Holy cow. I bet he hits hard though. I bet he I bet he like works really hard to practice. <laughs> would be my thought. This guy makes Patrick Laird look like Derrick Henry. I mean, <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, who are you picking? Right, I got I got one more. I got my flex still. Um, I, I mean, should I just take Sandra? I think Sandra's gonna get a snap here. <laughs> Can I correlate? he has never had a snap so <laughs> seems unlikely 
Uh, I will go, you know, I'll go to a guy who we know is going to get snaps and probably not do very much of them. I'll take Kyle Juszczyk at 4K. Wow. Wow. Probably could have gone a little bit cheaper, but I I just know what I'm getting with Kyle Juszczyk. All right, chat. I am going to submit this one on behalf of you guys, and I will challenge Spags right now to a head-to-head and invite him and you guys will battle it out best of luck because you guys just build this super shitty lineup so there we go that's that's low ball for week 18 we'll review and see how you guys did against me the low ball king i'm calling out everybody else out there who calls themselves a low ball king i'll do that on monday's show with one more victory under my belt but p we got to get a victory for ourselves and playoff best ball over at underdogs so let's do one more of those to close it out because no thursday night football today we can't even talk about a shitty game that we don't really want to watch you know what? And I'm running so pure on this. We talked, we've been enjoying doing these underdog playoff best ball drafts, but the first mitten had filled. I was having Ooh. to use, um, you know, my underdog balance was getting a little low up there. I wasn't really feeling like using uh, $25 for the gauntlet. And uh, boy, am I excited that I could just get us in this new mitten, which uh, I actually just launched today. I'm glad that you could finally put that top tab back on your screen share. <laughs> You know, I don't know how that showed up there. Uh, who wants to? Who was? Who wants to get in the in the mitten with us here? Yeah, get in the mitten. Of course, the mitten two here, and that means uh, it's two teams then for each league that are advancing in this one, right? I think that's what we established on Monday show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me make sure that just the the settings for mitten two are the same. I assume they should be. Okay, so there's the mitten two. I can't wait till I have money in my underdog account again from uh, winning the NBA best ball and yeah, <laughs> in how April. How far, when does that, uh, when does that end? How are you looking? Um, the first round ends like mid February. And I think it officially ends like the first week of April. So a lot of time to win my $50,000 or for it to go completely to the shitter is where that is. But lots of line is Pete top three. Feel, feel good here. Down there the, go. the not home stretch. We need you to ship this. Uh, it is top two that advance from, uh, the mitten two, like the mitten okay. one. There you go. So play on the mitten. It is a fun one. If, if you have been following along, we're playing these uh, pretty much as much as we can until the playoffs. So we'll probably do them. Uh, not tomorrow's show. I don't think we'll have time with Ryder Die picks. We'll do them again Monday and probably Thursday next week too. And well, I'm sure Pete, we, you're going to do some best ball draft. You're doing one with, uh, with Liam, the, the million dollar winning yeah. chess player. I'm going right? to do that show with him uh, at four. And we do expect, we do have a guest for tomorrow. Oh, it's right. Oh, it's right. Is it uh wait, Josh Norris? Yeah, okay. Josh so Norris, yeah, is Josh Norris yeah. from Underdog. So uh, we're doing some more stuff with Underdog. We had Josh on last year. Had a great time with him, showing off his fancy boy new camera. I think right after he got it, oh, so yeah. we'll get him back on here, looking dreamy as ever. Will be Josh Norris on tomorrow's show doing ride or die picks. So we uh, Willis got the influencer one hundred and one. Uh, I recognize Ooh. Eagles in here. Uh, absolute best ball grinder, and then we have the turn here. Uh, at the one six two one, which will make it easy at least for us to kind of plot out stacks and stuff. I think on this one, I would like to get either a Chargers or a Raiders cheapy thing going at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Raiders are very cheap. That's that's definitely easy. Chargers, I think, um, are still definitely uh, doable as well. Okay, so that's I want to plan a flag for that now. Uh, what do we got up top? Mm. Which way would you go? I mean, oh my God, Willis is tilting because the two hole took Rogers. <laughs> what two? Um, sorry, who did you say? So we could, I mean, to me, it's you know, it's it's Kelsey or Taylor, basically. Um, I would go, go Taylor. with the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to ride that. 
All right, so we'll we'll play Jonathan Taylor here, which obviously makes Michael Pittman a uh, priority add for us uh, mm -hmm. later. What is the other direction? I still think we can go lots of directions. I think it's fine to do Kelsey. If we want to go to like Evans, Jamar Chase, or even CD and start building NFC, we can do that. I wouldn't mind going Jamar Chase. I feel like we didn't, we haven't gotten him yet. And he's a fun one after root for. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do that. The only thing about this bags, you mentioned chargers or Raiders cheapy. I mean, Oh yeah. Now it's going to be the, out of the picture. Yeah. So the only way it wouldn't be out of the picture is if we go two, two, two with these AFC teams. So we could get Pittman, we could get a mix in, and we could get, you know, two Chargers, two Raiders, but then we need to get four from a single NFC team if we want to play it that way. Feels like maybe we can get to Dallas. Um, yeah, we probably should have taken CD there. Um, if CD were to somehow make it back, which I doubt it, um, we could do that. Arizona is actually one of the cheaper um teams that you can kind of pull off getting the best players a little bit later. But we're uh, not we're not locked into it, right? Like, if if we want to grab Mixon here, we could build out a four side for the Bengals too. If we want to play the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, I don't mind that one. I mean, I think yeah, the the Jonathan Taylor part. I just was so excited to get him in, but I do think that the Bengals would be a, would have been a logical approach to go here. We yeah we have we have some flexibility here. Um, I think we just need to really think through how we are. We either need to lean into an AFC team or start thinking about, you know, a four side from NFC. Yeah. I mean, what, what NFC teams could, we're talking probably like Niners tier at this point, we can get the full four See, from the, the, yeah, the Niners, I think, uh, is Debo gone? No, Debo's still here. So yeah, we could, we could go like Debo Kittle, um, yeah. and play that. And then we'll, we'll able to get Eli Mitchell late too. Yeah, that works. Right, we, we, we landed on the Niners and but, like, I think three out of the four drafts, three out of the five that we've done. And then the Cardinals were the one we got on Monday. Yeah. But here I'm going to, I'm going to put Debo in real quick, but to then give us another option, um, depending on how we want to play the Bengals as our two, I do think it would make sense potentially to grab T Higgins here. If we're going to do our two from the Bengals, mm. because we're probably going to add Eli Mitchell as our San Francisco running back. Um, and you're just playing to kind of the Bengals' strength, anyways. If they, you know, win a couple games, yeah, I think Higgins. I'm, I'm with you on Higgins. So this was the thing we were talking about on splash or on ship chasing last night too. Is I think the temptation sometimes is just to start like ripping off, like okay, we're going 49ers. Let's just do best possible 49ers. But you kind of have to zig and zag through the ADPs because you don't want to end up in a situation where like our two v two might be, you know, we might be getting Boyd late. Um, because we blew our load on Kittle here when there's scenarios where we can get Higgins now and still get like a premium 49ers guy later, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's that's good to see the logic, and I appreciate you explaining it because I think, honestly, you know, best ball has uh, not, not been figured out, but there's definitely enough guys out there grinding, giving strategy for it, but it feels like playoff best ball is still like a frontier that has not been uh, fully settled in the way that that regular season best ball has been. Well, there's there's so many different you know, strategy elements at play. There's literally like three to four 
levels because you could have people whose goal is just to advance out of the first round and they could be loading up on wildcard guys. So you have those guys, you have the macro strategy of trying to just get your macro correlations of, you know, a Super Bowl team and trying to be really live there. Then you have like the individual player decisions. Like there's so many of these backfields like Aaron Jones versus AJ Dillon, Zeke and Pollard, Connor and Edmonds. Like you have to take stands on how you think some of these backfields are going to shake out. So there's just like, there's so many different puzzle pieces within every one of these drafts. What team do you feel like is the most valuable right now? And I'm, I'm just kind of going off the Super Bowl odds just to give myself a, a North star here. And it does feel like the Packers and the chiefs right now, 400 plus 400 plus 500 uh, for the Packers and chiefs respectively. Like would those be the two teams you'd want to get a four man stack out of the most in a perfect world? Um, so, sorry, say that again. So like the Packers and Chiefs right now are the top odds or Super Bowl winning odds teams. Like, would they ideally be your four man stacks if like the draft kind of gave you that room to do that? Um, I think, yeah, ideally I, I still say like Chiefs and Buccaneers and Bills are probably my three favorite because I think they just score a shit ton of points and uh, they're going to be playing most likely wildcard weekend. So you could potentially get four games out of there. Um, I see the chat uh, tilting hard Colts Bengals. I, I actually don't, is it maybe optimal? No, but if you get a ceiling game from Jonathan Taylor that helps you advance, you're not going to have all of these players' scores being used every week. So I actually don't think um, it's as big of an issue. We've seen so many times in these playoff contests, um, but I'll circle back to that. We should uh, lock up here. Um, who do we want to get? Uh, Pittman, I'm just going to put in the queue because I know we want to add that um, sure. with our Colts. Um, and probably, probably go Kittle here. I would guess is our other 49er. Yeah, I think that's the reason I was going to say, maybe you might want to do a backdoor shitty Packers stack to get, cause you get AJ Dillon. You could maybe get an MVS or a Lazard. So the thing is, is just because we already have introduced three teams, I don't think we want to add a fourth and it's the watered down options of the fourth team. Okay. You know, like if, if they make a run, it's probably going to be Jones and Adams teams that are carrying them. Got it. Okay. That's a reasonable way to look at it. So, I mean, the things we need to think through now for our final four picks is our quarterback situation. Um, you know, if we want to play Bengals to the Super Bowl, um, and basically go like with a burrow and then tack on a Boyd, um, and kind of almost and get the four there. What are your thoughts on 49ers quarterback situation? Because that's another tough riddle if we play 49ers to the Super Bowl. Well, I think at this point with how we're building, I would rather just take Burrow because you're gonna you're gonna assume if these guys are having outlier days for Chase and and Higgins, like the quarterback's probably gonna get there too. So for me at this point, I probably would go that way because I think like Debo and Kittle could get there independent of whoever's at QB. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I I do think. Eli Mitchell is a priority target because so, Mixon's already oh, gone. Burrow went, Mookie is saying. Oh, yeah, shit. Burrow did go. Um, yeah, that's going to be a little trickier. I mean, to me, like if I to truly just like swing for the fences, YOLO, I'm probably saying like, all right, now now we want to play 49er Super Bowl and grab uh, Trey Lance. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I like for me, my brain was like, what about Jalen hurts? Like maybe he just stays alive long enough. I don't think that I have not thinking about the playoff matchups with that, but that's, that's not the way that we, because now we have to shift into what are our, what is our starting lineup in the super bowl? That's what we have to be thinking about. 
and we, have, we need we have two more rounds left. Yes, and we also are going to need another running back yeah, because we're not yeah. playing Justin Taylor to the Super Bowl. So Eli Mitchell is uh, a, a a must for me here. Okay. Um, because we want that NFC running back, but then um, I think there's a couple different directions we we can go. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say like maybe just take both Niners QBs and hope I, that you. <laughs> I don't think that's like the, I kind of don't hate that. I mean, it's not optimal, but I, I don't mind it. Um, yeah, we got good go, value at the other positions. Yeah. Let's see here. The other thing I would think if we're playing Bengals to the Super Bowl, I think we just draft Boyd here and then see what comes to us as far as the 49ers QB stuff. Okay. That works. It's not a bad team. Like, it does feel like we got upside guys. Yeah. Yeah, so we have Kittle, Debo, Elijah Mitchell. So, I mean, we have all the best pieces for the Niners. Um, and yeah, basic no, no Packers, no Chiefs, no Bucks. So we're. I think that's got to be contrarian right away, too. Yeah. I kind of, I'm kind of on board with your double 49ers idea in this one. Because we're so we're so leveraged again. Like we're basically saying it's a Niners Cincinnati Super Bowl. Like I think that's you might as well just try to capture that entire angle of it. Yeah, I actually don't think we have a choice, right? Because if we pick yeah. another quarterback, then we don't have a Super Bowl matchup, you know, that we're actually rooting for. Yeah. So we we just middle it with uh with the double 49ers. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to go that way. You go Hertz and Devonta Smith. Yeah, but then the again, then the issue with that is we don't have then the ideal Super Bowl for us is Eagles versus the Bengals, and we don't have oh, a running, no running back, back. In that. Yeah, so that's why like we didn't draft this uh, optimally, but we're gonna make we're gonna make the best out of it and root for a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, you, well, Carson is still available, I presume, right? Um, that's a good point. That's a good point. We could say do... Carson and Doyle or Carson and Pascal or Hilton, whatever. Well, let's, let's consider that a little bit. Um, yeah, we could also do, we could take two quarterbacks in this build and do Carson and Lance and basically play it more as like a little bit more upside where Carson, we know is going to play. Um, in that wild card round, whereas we don't know that for Lance and then Lance is like the hammer. Um, if you get to. Yeah, I think conceptually, like I'm with that. And I think too, if Jonathan Taylor semi underperforms logically, you're probably going to get more of a Wentz Pittman bump. Yeah. I'm just seeing if there's anything out. There's nothing else we should do really. I think on Indy that makes a ton of sense. No, San Francisco <laughs> quarterback is the only thing that makes sense. Cincinnati we're done there. Um, I, can you can anyone come up with a better pick than Lance here? I think it's either got to be one of the tight ends or or Pascal and Hilton. I don't think we have the faith in those guys. Let's uh let's do this. And now we now we can kind of we've we've hedged just a little bit where we can have basically three Super Bowl matchups. We can have 49ers versus Colts, or we can have 49ers versus Bengals. Yeah. I think it's fair. And Carlos saying, I, I hate that. I actually like what we built. I think we built an interesting team. That's like very contrarian, probably not the highest probability for that to work out, but like, that's how you could win it. 
Yeah. And the thing that I think messes as, as Drico is saying, like the playoff Super Bowl path is like, it messes with your brain so mm-hmm. much. Uh, but it is, uh, it's more just about being like, if I am right with this scenario, uh, then, then how could I benefit? you know, from that. And then just trying to stick to your guns on that. Uh, Ken, I will be doing uh, another draft at four li- a little bit later with Liam. You can hop in that. And then I'm sure we'll probably hop in one with Josh Norris uh, tomorrow as well. So plenty of chances to hop uh, in drafts with us. Yeah, so come hang out with Pete coming up with a, uh, actually give the people the plugs in. Cause that's coming up with Liam and Liam did, as we mentioned a uh, chess expert who did win a million dollars in the best ball mania too uh, for underdog. This just took this past week. Yeah. Um, yep. Going to talk with Liam at 4 PM here in about 25 minutes. And then tomorrow I have my cash game theory strategy show. I'm having Derek Cardi from Roto grinders who powers the blitz projection system. He's going to be my guest at noon. I'm going to do a, a TOC, uh, playoff preview with my buddy, Mike Zakarian, the owner's club. Of course, they're getting ready for their best ball playoff contest. And then we have Josh Norris on splash play at two 30 tomorrow. So, uh, plenty of shows, uh, over the next 48 hours. So are you only going to do one pointers and ride or die picks tomorrow? Cause of cash game week. Yeah. Um, I it probably, uh, very, very conservative. I don't want to, you know, I got to protect my lead. Jonathan Taylor over 20 touches <laughs> one point. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to be living that one point life. Easy way to hold me at bay. Make sure to follow Pete at Peter Arbersett. Follow me at Chris Spaggs. Follow at Splash Play Pod. And subscribe to both Pete's channel and the Splash Play channel. And hit the like button whenever you crawl across anything you like on YouTube. Um, hang out here on Pete's channel. See that show coming up with Liam. I'm giving all the takes on best ball coming up in a little bit. And go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. to get DVOA in your life. 99 cents a week are the packages over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Be back with you guys tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern. So see you then. Bye. Thank <music> you.